And I'm Stacy. And you are listening to the Best Together Podcast. Brought to you by Blind Early Services Tennessee. And made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Best Together Podcast. This is Stacy, and I'm so excited to be here today with Allison and Sarah Barnes from Lighthouse, Louisiana. This is a continuation of our Coast to Coast series where we visit different states and talk about the services in that state and the amazing people behind those services. And hi, this is Allison. We're really excited today to welcome Sarah Barnes from Lighthouse, Louisiana. She is their Director of Youth and Employment Services. She's been with them for about three years now. Before that, she was an early childhood teacher and a mental health counselor. So we're really excited to hear how all of her experiences um, are informing her services now for people who are blind or low vision in the state of Louisiana and what her brought her to the field. So welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. So why don't we just start, we like to always start with just asking our guests to tell us their story, kind of what led you to the field of vision impairment and blindness and, you know, just a little bit about your background. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm originally from um, Southern Indiana and I went to college in South Bend, Indiana at St. Mary's College. And I knew I was ready to get out of the cold. And um, so I, as soon as I graduated, I moved to New Orleans as part of um, the Teach for America Corps in 2009. Um, I've learned a lot about, about New Orleans and sort of the dynamics kind of post-Katrina in the education realm um, since moving down and over the years. Um, and so, yeah, I taught, I taught first grade in St. Bernard Parish and kindergarten in New Orleans. Um, before kind of stepping away from teaching and working in some education nonprofits. And then I decided I was ready to get my master's in counseling and re-entered the school system working as a clinical mental health counselor at a founding charter school. And I was there for about two and a half years, um, working on getting my um, professional license and knew that that time was sort of winding down and honestly just kind of fell into the field of vision rehab through a chance email from someone at Lighthouse saying, hey, we're hiring for a director of youth services check it out. And so I did. And I've been there um, for about three years. And it's been a wonderful experience, a ton of learning um, about the field, which um, is one of my favorite things about it. I feel like I learn something new every day. Absolutely. So what year did you come to New Orleans? We can't ever talk about New Orleans without thinking Katrina. So what year did you end up there? Was it pre post? And how was that all factoring into your employment and career trajectory. Yeah, definitely. So I moved down in the summer of 2009. And so right just about four years after Hurricane Katrina. And like I mentioned, I did teach for America. And at the time, um, New Orleans was classified as a high need region, sort of like as that um, post Katrina recovery. Um, Kind of like I alluded to, you know, I as a 22 year old moving down, I was like, you know, I'm going to come and help. And, you know, in my time 
growing up and living and working in New Orleans, you know, have learned a lot about what the school system was like prior to Katrina, um, prior to, you know, the recovery school district taking over in 2003, um, learning about really what's happened, what happened to um, teachers, who, which made up a huge part of the black middle class in New Orleans and, um, you know, kind of the detrimental in a lot of ways impacts that um, importing teachers like me from out of town who who didn't know about the culture. It, um, mm. You know, it was, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of hurt and I think healing that um, has been going on will continue to be going on. But, you know, it's been certainly a learning experience for me to think back to, you know, those decisions I made as a 22 year old and, um, you know, that good intentions, um, you know, that I had and just like learning about my role in the broader system and um, sort of the dynamics of the city. I love that you're highlighting that. I just think, I mean, of course, that could be its own podcast topic, um, but just such an important thing to bring attention to and um, your own self-reflection around it. I just appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, so do I. And I, I love hearing about your background and how you really just fell into the field. It wasn't something you intended to do, which um, I'm hearing more and more uh, that being the case for a lot of people in in this field. Um, But uh, tell us more about Lighthouse Louisiana. So Mm. it's, I understand it's a 501c3, uh, but it's longstanding. It was there before her. Hurricane Katrina continues today, and um, the program you're a part of, Youth Services, is its newest department, which is only about three years old, right? Um, Yeah, tell us more about Lighthouse Louisiana. Awesome. Yeah, so Lighthouse originally started um, in the community as I think the Louisiana Commission for the Blind was its first name in it, 1915. Oh, wow. Um, so a long, long time ago. It's wild to think, you know, what it's sort of seen as an organization um, throughout history. And so it started out as a place for, you know, there were folks who had friends who were blind and wanted their friends who were blind to be able to have a chance and a place to work. And so it really started out small as a place um, for blind New Orleanians to work. Yeah. And through the years, that's changed a lot. It was renamed to Lighthouse for the Blind, um, which I know is uh, a name we're still very commonly known by, but actually um, several years now at this point, we um, renamed to Lighthouse Louisiana. And that was really to reflect yes, the work that we've done throughout history and continue to do for individuals who have visual impairments, but also the work that we've done um, expanding to serve people with a range of disabilities. And so a huge part of our organization is um, our production and manufacturing wing. Um, We are part of the Federal Ability One program. Um, And so we have this this large manufacturing, a lot of paper products. We have commercial um, and government contracts um, that sort of fuel that that wing. Um, And then we use a a lot of the revenue from that to feed into our service departments. Um, And so we have four. And we have deaf services, vision rehab, which is probably, you know, our most well-known, long-standing service departments um, providing, you know, independent living skills, assistive technology training, orientation and mobility training for adults 
with um, visual impairments or blindness. And then the two departments that I oversee are employment services. So we um, help people with um, a range of disabilities find and maintain employment. And then in youth services, like you mentioned, our newest um, is about three or so years old, but I think it's been um, a hope for the organization prior to that. And um, I think early intervention fits into that too, that even um, when they were working on the strategic plan, which you know predates me for the next five years that we're in right now, um, that early intervention really building out these um, youth services was, was a big goal to really set kids up um, with a solid foundation. <laughs> it's so rare to hear an organization serving every single age group like this. I mean, this is and doing so many different types of services. It's, wow, it's impressive. And maybe we start at the top and move our way down to the littles. Um, but in terms of employability, um, I love to talk about this and hear about this because we all hear these staggering statistics that people who are blind um, or visually impaired, the unemployment rate is somewhere around 70%. It's just horrific. Um, so I love hearing about programs that are doing something to help um, combat that. So what kind of programs are you all doing for employment? Yes, so I think one of the programs that I'm most excited about, um, it's, it's been amazing because it really started kind of like as a lump of clay that we've continued to mold. Um, so we had our pilot year last year um, for our employee training program. And part of our, um, requirements of being a federal ability one um, agency are to do competitive annual surveys. And so that entails one of our employment specialists over the, you know, every year for, for years have sat down with employees who are blind to say, you know, how's your work going? Are you content in your employment? Do you want upward mobility um, to kind of assess where people are? Last year was the first year where we added a skills assessment component to that. So if an employee was like, yes, I want something else. All right, great. Let's assess your skills, see where you are. And then we've developed two training tracks. One is just kind of a beginner typing class to kind of start out there, work up your you know words per minute and all of that. And then after several weeks of that, um, participants will have the option to go into like a moderate tech class um, to just, you know, get more skills like Microsoft Suite, navigating sort of all of those like typical programs that like a, you know, computer um, job might entail. And then um, after that, we were working really across the whole organization for every department, every um, sort of sect of the organization to create some job shadowing and internship opportunities. And again, this is, you know, for our employees who are blind, who have visual impairments to really, you know, maybe you get your, your foot in the door at Lighthouse working in production, but you have, you know, a goal to be in accounting and really having this like streamlined path to help individuals with disabilities really achieve their professional goals and aspirations. So it's been an amazing thing to, to watch that grow. And I'm excited. I to see love it. Oh, I love it so much. We need to. That is so incredible. Yeah. Yes. I'm on board with that. Um, moving on down the, the age group <laughs> to, um, you know, persons that are school age. Um, how do, how do those persons access services from Lighthouse Louisiana? And um, you described for Allison and I briefly the the school system there. It sounds like um, uh, 
Louisiana Parish, it, did I get that right, is synonymous with New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah, Orleans Parish. Orleans Parish, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, synonymous with New Orleans um, and the whole parish system and the charter schools. Um, it can get complex. <laughs> so I think that could probably be a whole podcast too. But, uh, you know, just briefly, how, how are those school-age children being served? Yeah, for sure. So also for people who aren't familiar with Louisiana Parish is just the Louisiana word for county. Um, mm. And so most people, you know, have county. So like you said, New Orleans and Orleans Parish are one in the same. And so again, sort of going back to um, around, you know, 2005 and the years following, um, the school system was really turned into different charter networks. And there's been some change, you know, really every year we're continuing to see that system evolve. Um, and so Lighthouse provides a few different options for kids in the area um, to access services. So I'll kind of start with our in-school services. We contract with um, the charter schools in Orleans Parish to provide those TVI and O&M minutes that kids need. Um, and so that's sort of just the sort of the most simplified way to explain how that goes. But we um, have contracts with um, a great number of different charter organizations, whether it's, you know, big, big networks or single sites that just have one um, school um, within them. We contract with them to come in and provide those itinerant TVI services. Um, I think another really impactful thing that we're able to do is provide some programs evening and weekend. Um, we have a really, really great team that's built up some really robust programs. So we do, um, you know, navigating all of this through COVID and being safe and all of that has been, um, you know, something that we're continuing to try and do and refine and make it, you know, as streamlined as possible for families. But um, when possible, we're doing um, a weekly, every Tuesday night, um, a dinner. And so we have also, I'm so proud of this, that we offer free transportation to all of our participants so they can get to the lighthouse. So we have an awesome van driver who will pick up a group of kids from school, bring them to lighthouse on Tuesdays, and um, they cook dinner together. We have a kitchen and I was in, I think they made like Crunchwrap Supremes was when oh. <laughs> I was there um, for an event. And so yeah, we have an awesome staff that that does that. And um, we do like orientation mobility tracks, like on the weekend, um, just a range of activities. We have great community partnerships. One is with STEM, um, so science, technology, engineering, and math, NOLA, um, and really adapting those STEM activities for kids with visual impairment. So we're doing that in collaboration with the STEM NOLA staff. So we try to just give like a wide range of offerings that are all kind of rooted in the expanded core curriculum um to give kids that that experience um so we have those programs and then um kind of the biggest program that we have is summer camp um it used to be one four-week summer camp we've broken it up by age groups so now we do two that are each about two weeks um so we start with the youth camp for kids five to twelve um, and that's just like kind of a traditional summer camp, like horseback riding, swimming. And again, just with that focus on the expanded core curriculum and adapting um, activities to make them accessible. And then I think it's, this will be our third year doing um, a transition camp for kids 13 and up that is really focused on those pre-employment skills. 
And so last year we did one year that was like mostly at the lighthouse kids, 13 and up, um, lots of classes, um, tackling topics that are, that are hard, you know, hard for parents, hard for teachers. You know, we dove into sex ed, we did diversity, equity, and inclusion. So lots of really rich conversations, like some social emotional learning, lots of really awesome topics to really dive into. And then week two, we had, um, kids stay at the University of New Orleans in one of their dorms and take public transportation to a work site every day to really get that like independent living experience with, you know, the amazing care and guidance of our staff. That is really, really cool to hear about. (laughs) It is. My wheels are turning like, oh my gosh, I want to do all of this here in Tennessee. This is just so inspiring. I think we need a road trip also to to check this out. Yes. Our boys need to try out your camp. I'm like, ah, that sounds so great. Oh, I love it. And you must have an amazing staff. Can you talk a, a, a bit about the staff and what numbers it takes to to do all these amazing programs? You know, I there's this, um, you know, how people love to say you have as many hours in the day as Beyonce. I feel that about my staff. I'm like, <laughs> I guess I have as many hours in the day as y'all, but they work so hard. Um, so right now we have... Um, one TVI and a dual certified TVI and O&M. We have also a very amazing Brailleist who pitches in a lot and helps with a lot of the um, programming that we do. And um, we also have an as needed O&M who comes in and helps um, mostly during the summer, but on the weekends and stuff when she can too. So it is a very lean team, but not, but, and an extremely committed team that just really the amount that they have really brought off the ground just from their own, um, their own dreams of seeing, you know, what kids need and how can we make these opportunities really meaningful? Because, you know, in the school, you're kind of, you know, constrained by the parameters of, of school and, you know, kids need access to a math curriculum and, you know, all that good stuff. And, you know, all of that, like incidental learning that's missed um, by kids who have blindness and visual impairments, like, you know, boiling water and all those things like that, I think are, can be scary. Um, But like TVIs are just so magical to me because they just, you know, they know how to adapt basically everything and just being able to provide those really rich experiences for kids. It's just, it's amazing. Are there, this question just sort of popped into my head as we're talking about this. So primarily you're serving Orleans Parish and the New Orleans area. Are there other organizations like Lighthouse in in the other parts of the state or plans for Lighthouse to expand to other parts of the state? Yeah, great question. So we also have um, a manufacturing um, facility in Baton Rouge and a pretty brand new. We had our ribbon cutting last year, like in the fall, I want to say in um, Baton Rouge, um, a services center that's downtown Baton Rouge. So accessible by public transportation and those services are growing. So our youth isn't super prominent there, but we do have plans like make that um, really collaborate with the school for the visually impaired that's in Baton Rouge and just be able to provide, um, you know, some ancillary and additional layers of support for the Baton Rouge community. Um, Gosh, I don't want to miss anyone. There's affiliated blind 
in Lafayette. Um, that's ABL. And there is the Center for the Blind in Ruston. And oh my gosh, I don't want to miss anyone. <laughs> That's okay. um, we can we can put any uh, we can put all of these in the show notes too, okay. yeah. and then yeah. you have an opportunity I in case. That question, but I was just curious. Um, yeah, there, I want to say there are. I think there are four of us, so I do think that I'm missing one, just you know, off the top of my head. But um, yeah, there are about four vision rehab organizations throughout the state, and wow. you know, Louisiana is big. It takes a long time to get from New Orleans to the top of the state, so we're pretty spread out. But um, feel very grateful to work collaboratively with with those organizations. And what age does the School for the Visually Impaired start serving? I so they. Good question. They. <laughs> I'm surprising are, you again. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. They. I'm not sure if it's open yet, but they were working on an early learning center. Okay. Um, have been working on that for a couple of years. Um, I gave some some input and was on on a committee um, working on that. And I just don't know this current status of it. Um, so I do know they're K to 12, but I know there is that hope for the littles to okay. be included as well. Perfect. On, on that note, and obviously near and dear to Allison and I's hearts, let's move to the early childhood and really the earliest of early childhood, uh, birth to five, birth to three, birth to five. Mm -hmm. Um, We understand that Lighthouse Louisiana has uh, plans and really those plans are currently underway to expand services to that age group. As if you're not already doing enough, you're adding more services, but um, you know, we, we know from experience how needed those are. Can you can you talk about that endeavor? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's been a big um, dream and a big hope for Lighthouse to really expand to um, zero to five um, for several years now. And so it's just honestly a thrill to see it beginning to come to life. Um, last year, we hired an early intervention specialist who has just a wonderful, long-standing career working in social services and particularly in early intervention. Um, so she's just been a huge addition to the team. Um, and I, I think to speak to that, like that need, I think, you know, my experience as a kindergarten teacher, just like in kind of seeing where kids enter the school system. And then, you know, you add on um, the layer of a disability or visual impairment, like those precious years from zero to five is like such an opportunity to just like really lay that solid foundation and get kids in a place where they are like that kindergarten ready. Um, And so I think just the need to build in, you know, those skills, like the um, compensatory skills and just that sensory awareness of like how to really utilize your sense of touch, smell, hearing, like all those things at a really young age to build up that foundation, be able to interact with other kids too, you know, that socialization and building up those skills. Again, like all sort of like ECC related on a zero to five level, um, I think has just been, you know, a huge dream. And so, as you said, there, we're really just kind of getting them off the ground right now. We've gotten a few referrals 
referrals um, this year and kind of what that's starting out as is being able to provide that family support. Um, so that we have a lot of ideas. There's some things that are already in place, but um, we have, you know, a Facebook group for parents is just kind of a, an easy way for parents to pop things in, ask one another questions, um, a newsletter that I send out every month. So getting on that mailing list. Um, one thing that we're looking at is kind of some peer support for parents. So maybe a parent of a child who's older has kind of like been through it, getting paired up with a parent who's, you know, maybe their child just got a diagnosis, they've got a baby, um, and really being able to guide that because that's so much of what through talking with parents of what I've heard is just, I don't know who to talk. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know where to go. I have this information and how do I process it and kind of move through this. Um, and so really wanting to create those opportunities for parents to connect, um, with one another. Like yeah, we've that. talked Absolutely. about we've talked about doing a similar kind of mentoring or peer support program at some point as well. Because you know, Stacy and I are both parents of children mm-hmm. who are blind, so we know how important that is to to have someone. We had each other. Luckily, we yeah. found each other. Um, and parents, I think, do tend to seek out other people in their shoes. But mm-hmm. it's so great to think about fostering that and creating a program that that does it. So we always ask, and I know you're not um, a parent yourself and of a child with a disability, but we do ask, I mean, this is your field. We ask all of our, our guests kind of what advice they would give parents who may be new to, you know, hearing the diagnosis for their child or entering, you know, this journey, where should they start, especially someone who's in, uh, New Orleans? Yeah, I think, um, Oh gosh, what a great question. I think this can be something that's hard to talk about, but you know, my, my background is in counseling. And so I think that this is sort of naturally where my mind goes, but perhaps not for everyone, but I think getting some news, um, about your child, maybe that you weren't expecting, like, I think it's natural that there's some level of grief and a grieving process around, maybe these are the expectations that I had. And now those are different and not that your child won't have the most beautiful and enriching life, but there is this, um, I had one thought, you know, I think there's that, um, I guess you called a poem or an essay of like, welcome to Holland. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I always think about that, you know, and um, so I think that that's a piece. Um, and with that, like reaching out, like we, you know, in New Orleans, like, you know, I think this is for everyone everywhere is just that power of community and connection and just finding your people. I just think that that is what can hold you up in the really hard times and just navigating it. And so, you know, whether if you're in New Orleans or in Louisiana, you know, and that might be Lighthouse Louisiana and, you know, pairing you with our staff or, you know, with, with different parents. Um, But I think that's what I would, my hope for parents is is to find your people. Yeah. Great advice. I'm curious, too, um, since we are speaking to people in different states and learning how, you know, different states in general, um, whether they're approaching services, you know, from that uh, state government level or, you know, through nonprofits like Lighthouse that are really just on the ground um, in it every day. What would you say broadly, you know, is Louisiana in general doing well to serve this population or where can improvements be made in your opinion? Yeah, Um, I think that 
one thing that we're doing well is, um, which has been super heartening. So, um, my staff member Joyce, who's really leading this early intervention charge, um, has, we did some focus groups to like learn from people in the early intervention field and, um, just kind of get a sense of, of what's going well and what could use improvement. And, um, we just had kind of the follow-up like steering committee and there were 25 people who showed up for that steering committee. These are like really leaders in the field and just, and just that heart that's there. Like Louisiana Mm -hmm. is just such a special place, um, in my humble opinion. And I just think that the, the heart, um, of the people, you know, just is such an amazing strength. Um, and so just having that coalition that cares is huge. Again, finding your people, you know, I think that that's, that's a huge part. Um, I think one question that I have, um, and want to know more is, um, like in that identification process. And so, you know, some states have babies count registries. That's not something that's currently in Louisiana. And I just think that having that sort of information of how many babies across the state are we talking about that have a visual impairment and the amount of information you can glean from that data of like, okay, how many um, TVIs can we forecast that we're going to need um, in K-12 in this year based on these numbers? Like, I think that, um, as I have questions all the time about, um, you know, are are we finding, are we serving everyone that's in the community? Are we, do we have a sense of how many people there are? And that's just, that's been sort of a lingering question that's been nagging at me over the years of, so I think that early um, identification, early identification and identification just sort of in general is something I want to take a look at. I love you bringing attention to babies count because we, Stacy and I just, as we started best, we joined um, to become Tennessee's representative for the Babies Count program. And so we're just sort of kicking that off, but it's so important. It really is. And um, yeah, the we can't serve and help families if we're not identifying the needs. So, um, and I, I wanted to ask too, on the provider perspective, you know, how do you think we can draw more people into this field? You fell into it. Um, Stacy and I ended in ended up in it because of our children, you know, how do we attract more people to work in such an important field? That is a question that fires me up more than anything. <laughs> I think I, uh, yeah, I am obsessed for lack of a better word. It's probably the accurate word with um, just ta- like the talent shortage. Not, I, I don't like that. Not talent shortage, but there is a shortage of, of TVIs, of ONMs. There's plenty of talent out there, but getting them into this field. And so I think, um, I don't know. I think that there's so much like I'm sort of embarrassed to say it, but before Lighthouse, like I'm I remember coming in for my tour and stuff and hearing TVI O and M and I'm like, I don't know what these letters mean. And I was a teacher, you know, I had been working in and around schools for a decade and I had no idea. And so, you know, I know it's low incidence, but it's so important. So I just, I don't know. I like dream of PSAs and just like billboards and stuff. And like, let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) It's just, to me, I think one of the most exciting things about being a TVI is 
And I think the thing, because it's a parallel of like what brought me into the field of counseling is like that really close one-on-one personalized relationship that you can have with a child and their family. And I think particularly at what we've cultivated at Lighthouse, like having that setting where you see kids in school, you see them on the weekend, you see them at the holidays, you see them kind of all the time and you get to meet with their parents and you know their siblings and it just, those family, you know, bonds that you that you create I think are so um so impactful and I think you know what brings what makes the profession great and so I don't I I just am you know I I feel like there's not enough outreach in the world that can be done I just you know I, I just want to talk to you know and I think about teachers and you know I think just on a broader scale of teachers just in general we're seeing um what a crisis teacher retention as a whole is. And I I wonder about that of like, okay, I certainly understand, you know, being a classroom teacher and be like, I can't do this anymore um, for a lot of reasons. And okay, come talk to me about being a TBI. Like you clearly love love it. You have all this experience. Like let's talk about a different setting. Let's talk about a different way. Um, So I don't know. That's No, it's funny you say that because in my TBI program, I was in the, um, minority that I'm not already a teacher, a certified teacher. Most of them in my program were already teachers and either they met a student that really changed their life and made them want to go into it. Or like you said, they wanted a little different, um, day to day routine that looks, you know, different than just being in the classroom. So yeah, that's actually a really good point. And am I allowed to say that at least at the time of this podcast recording, you are hiring, correct? Yes, thank so you. if any students Absolutely. are listening, any current TVIs, reach out to Sarah. <laughs> so our last question is just how can people support Lighthouse Louisiana? What can we do to help further this mission and all the wonderful things you're doing? Oh, thank you so much for asking that. Yeah, I think just, you know, think of us, follow us on, you know, we're on social media, on Instagram, Lighthouse Louisiana, on Facebook, um, also Lighthouse Louisiana. Reach out to me. Um, you know, I'm happy to share my contact for the show notes. You know, I obviously, hopefully, obviously love to talk about Lighthouse and what we do and all the exciting things that we we have going on. Um, I think it's a really exciting time for the organization. And so, um, you know, just keep an eye on us, you know, follow us, see, see what's going on and reach out, um, our website, lighthouselouisiana.org, all that good stuff. So I'm always here, always happy. You know, if I don't have the, if I'm not the right person, if I don't have, um, you know, the answers, I will always, always connect. So that's wonderful. And listeners have the opportunity to purchase products manufactured at Lighthouse. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. I can certainly put you in touch, but yeah, we feel very lucky to have, you know, their local restaurants that buy our paper cups and different paper products and things like that. So yes, always, always, um, that's an opportunity too. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today, Sarah. This has been a really great conversation. I've learned a lot and been very inspired and wheels are turning over here. Yes, I agree. So wonderful to speak with you. Thanks so much, you guys. Do you know a family or provider in need of resources to support a child with low vision or blindness? Do you know someone with lived experience or professional expertise related to blindness who might be willing to share their story? If so, please reach out to us at blindearlyservices.org. 
Thank you for listening to the Best Together podcast and for supporting our mission. And please stay in touch. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Blind Early Services. Until next time.